Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. I will turn the darkness into light before them. Isaiah writes that in the Old Testament lesson for today. And those words, of course, remind us quite a bit about the miracle account from the book of John that we heard as our gospel reading today. There Jesus heals the man who had been born blind. In performing this miracle, Jesus does exactly what Isaiah prophesied the Messiah would do. He turns this man's darkness into light. The blind man himself said, as the words were later incorporated into the famous hymn Amazing Grace, I was blind, but now I see. As the account of this miracle continues, the healed man sees more and more. The more the Pharisees grill him about how he was healed and who healed him, the more his faith grows. In the end, this man gives a very powerful witness to Jesus. He worships Jesus, the one who had taken his blindness away. He moves from darkness into light. Pharisees go the other way. They observe the light that Jesus brings, but they really don't see. They choose instead to stay in the darkness. The fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy is there for them to see. The blind man who was healed is standing right there before them. It is sight and light brought to a man born blind. But they refuse to believe. For the man born blind, Jesus creates a completely new world of light where there was only darkness before. Imagine how different his world was going to be now. That's what our epistle text from St. Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus is about. The words he wrote there in Ephesians answer that question. The man that Jesus healed was blind, in darkness. And now he could see. He was in the light. The world that he previously knew only by his other senses was now brought into a new light. Not only that, he could also see the one that God had sent to be the Savior of the world. He saw the Son of Man, the light of the world. Now you and I, most of us anyway, are blessed with the gift of physical sight. We're not blind in the literal sense. Now many of us probably do know one or more persons who are blind, but few people in this world suffer from eyesight that is so poor as to be disabling. In our day and age, we have the best of medical care that can protect and can correct many of the problems that we have with our eyes. In lots of ways, we see better than any previous generation. I remember when I was going to elementary school, very few children in those days wore glasses, and those that did often got teased about it. But nowadays, it's really no big deal for someone of any age to wear glasses. And of course, many people choose to wear contact lenses or to have surgical correction of vision problems. 
I remember when I got my first pair of glasses. My vision was not really poor, and thanks be to God, it still isn't. But I did sometimes have some challenges seeing details at distances, or I'd see fuzziness or glare around bright lights at night. So I went to the optometrist and had an exam, and lo and behold, found out I could use some glasses. I didn't want to believe it, but I couldn't ignore the facts. So after the checkup, the doctor brought me out of the exam room out into the display lobby to pick out the frames for my new glasses. And as I sat there, scanning over hundreds and hundreds of styles, he probably picked up on the dubious look on my face. You don't really want to wear glasses, do you? He asked. Not particularly, I said. He pointed out the window of his shop toward a tree. What do you see out there? He asked. A tree, I said, in probably a rather sarcastic voice. Holding up the lens that matched the prescription for my soon-to-be glasses, and putting it in front of my eye, he asked me again, Now what do you see? Leaves, I said. <laughs> Before that, I knew if you looked at a tree, you were supposed to see leaves. I just hadn't caught on yet as to what I was missing in my vision. I was blind to it. In a sense, I was brought into the light. I became a lot more willing at that point to at least accept the fact that I could benefit from wearing glasses. Now, we also have artificial light of the electric sort. Now, it's not very often that our power goes out around here, really. The lights are very dependable. Once in a while, we would have a power outage from thunderstorms or high winds, and occasionally, I'm sure, from an ice storm in the winter. I've experienced that before, though not yet here in Texas. Now, whenever you mention the power being out to someone who's been around for a while, you hear story from, stories from these folks who lived in earlier times. They'll tell you that sometimes the power could be out for days or even weeks, depending on where they lived. Now, all of that is pretty much a historical anomaly to us, barring a, a major disaster. Our lights very rarely go out today. Yet even if we can see well, and even if we have plenty of light, there's darkness to be found in our lives. It's a blindness that medical science has no cure for. It's a darkness that you cannot fix with a thousand suns, let alone a flashlight. And all of that blindness and all of that darkness lives deep within our hearts. We live with this darkness every day. We struggle with what we know is right and what we want for ourselves. Our blindness and our darkness comes out of our selfish desires. It comes out in our anger. It comes out in our laziness. It comes out in our apathy. We know the darkness. We most often point it out when we see it in other people because we're so enlightened. But what we think we see only in others is really just a mere reflection of our own troubles. What's more, God's light, His holy word and His perfect word exposes us for what we really are. It shines unyielding light upon our sinful nature. 
When the darkness it is in our hearts is in control, there can be only darkness in our lives. St. Paul knew quite well what he was talking about when he said, you were once darkness. He lived it in his own life. Before Jesus changed his life, he stood by and approvingly watched as people threw stones at Stephen until he was dead. Stephen died because he confessed Christ. He was the first Christian martyr. Paul even held the killer's coats while he performed this tragic travesty and worked through evil. Paul's world before Jesus was one of darkness. And even if we don't care to admit it, we know that Paul is talking about us too. We don't like it when the light of truth is shined into our dark hearts and reveals our sin. We would rather keep our secrets, well, secret. We want our private lies, our private desires, our private darkness to be ours and ours alone. But God's light shines on it and exposes every bit of it. And when it does, we want to cower in the corner and hide in the darkness. But Paul also says that we are children of the light. We are that because we've been made so by Jesus. He said himself that he is the light of the world. He not only brings light into the world as he did when he healed the blind man, he is the light of the world. Jesus is life and the life that is the light of men. St. John says so at the beginning of his gospel. And so St. Paul also can talk about our darkness being a thing of the past. Just look how Paul says it once more. You were once darkness, he said, but now you are light in the Lord. God's word of light shines on us, and it tells us of our need for a Savior. It shines in on the darkness of our hearts and exposes all of it. God's word also tells us that Jesus is that Savior that we need. He won forgiveness for us on the cross, forgiveness that makes the darkness in our hearts vanish from God's sight. God's Word tells us again and again of God's love for us in Jesus. His love is so great for us, in fact, that on a darkened hillside outside of Jerusalem, the light of the world endured pain and suffering, punishment and condemnation that our darkness deserved. All of the darkness of the world gathered into that one place and placed upon Jesus. He took the darkness of our sin and he took it into death, and he left it in the grave. And we know what happened after that. He rose again. He became alive once more. The darkness of death was defeated by the light of the world. That's the light that shines into your darkness, overcoming that darkness with God's great love. When you and I walk into a darkened room, we can simply flip on a switch and flood that entire space with light. We do this perhaps several times a day without even thinking about it much. Light makes a difference in that room, doesn't it? The light of Jesus, that makes a difference in your life. Jesus is your light. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, 
in water and in word and in bread and in wine. He enables us to push the darkness away and to see Jesus more clearly, more brightly, more gloriously. The light that Jesus gives defeats the dark. It defeats the unholy secret things in the recesses of our hearts. Like the blind man who saw the light of the world for the first time when Jesus had fixed his eyes, our lives too are forever different. Paul tells us again, live as children of the light. The fruit of life as a child of the light is evident. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. And that describes you and me, too. Even though there are still many, many times when the darkness of us comes out, the light of Christ, on account of Christ, means we always have moments of light as well. We see these moments in visiting the sick, in giving a caring touch or gentle words to a hurting friend or relative, to offer a smile of understanding in faithful, though often unnoticed, work for the church, in contributions that send missionaries out to the farthest, darkest places of the world, and gifts that keep faithful teachers in classrooms full of little ones. The light of God shines in us and shines through us as the love of God reaches out from us into the dark world all around. And there are times when we do point out the darkness in that world around us, and we shine the light of truth in there too. It isn't that there isn't darkness in us always vying to get out, but rather that God's light is in there also, and it's desperately needed out there. Light, light that makes everything visible. There are times to speak up about sin in the world, to defend the lives of the helpless, to point out those things that God says are evil. So there are times we ought to speak out against public sin. It's not that we want to condemn, but rather that we want to bring the light of God and the the offering of what God has done about the sins of the whole world. We want there to be repentance in these lives so that people are brought from death into life. We want God's light for those other people too. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Paul closes the lesson for today. God has sent Christ Jesus to remove the darkness from your life. And we say to those whose lives are controlled by the darkness, turn to Him, live in the light. Jesus sent that blind man to a pool of water to wash that mud off his eyes. When he did this, his new life in the light began. Our new lives, our new life in the light also began with our washing. Every day when we awake, with the light of a new dawn, we hop into the shower, we splash water on our face, we remember that new life, that life that Jesus brings to us in our baptism. We remember that we were once blind, but now we see as well. We remember that Jesus washed out the darkness in our hearts. We are no longer blind, but we are in the light. We also remember that every day we only awake and we only arise because the light of Jesus Christ has shined upon us. 
The light of the world then shines out through us to make us a light to the world. Darkness no longer controls us, but light. The light of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Walk in His light to life everlasting. Amen.